You are now listening to the Flaming Melon Podcast, featuring your hosts, the Watermelon Boys, Lucas Baudois, and Patrick Riley. Fasten your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. And make sure to look both ways at the stop sign because the Watermelon Boys and affiliate networks will not be held liable for any accidents caused by this pod. Thank you. Hello, food fans. This is this is a podcast. This is the Flaming Melon Podcast. I'm here with the one and only Lucas, and he is also on the podcast, as as you probably know, um, because we're not really reaching reaching many new people. Um, so you know, we're the few, the proud. We're like the Marines, right, Lucas? Uh, we are very similar to the Marines in a lot of ways. The training that we do. The training is very intensive. The um, our rugged good looks, mm, muscular mm-hmm. bods as a result mm-hmm. of those of the training. Um, yeah. physical conditioning is what they call. Yeah, it. yeah. But we're also a little bit like Feature Man, and you kind of gave a little nod to Feature Man at the intro with the, oh yeah, the I was food fans. I was just going to leave that ambiguous, but yes, that was a nod uh, to Tom Willett, uh, feature man on YouTube. He is, uh, he's wonderful. He is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, what does he do, Lucas? Why don't you tell them? Well, uh, he does a lot of stuff. He does mostly food reviews um, these days. He'll cook some food and, and eat it on camera and, and review it and just talk about random stories. But he was uh, a TV and movie extra. For most of his career, and um, and now been he's in like uh, five hundred movies or something crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's, that he's got a lot he, of cool stories about that. But now he's uh, he's reviewing he's reviewing like banquet meals, some some uh, <laughs> right. frozen meals. Yeah, like two dollar um, meals that you'd find at dollar stores. <laughs> yep. Um, he likes watermelon. That's kind of he likes, you know part of our inspiration. That's where the right. So that kind of all comes together. Yeah. Um, hello, food fans is, is is one of his catchphrases. Uh, also, hello, food fans. Hello, he loves Kroger. All of our wherever where are our Kroger fans at? Kroger. Um, email us. Shout out Kroger. Email us if you like Kroger. Yeah. Email Kroger. Email us, but also you, the listener, email us at flamingmelonpod at gmail dot com. Yes. We. We will send you a Kroger gift bag, um, if you if you ask the the right way. There is a riddle. What's the riddle? Uh, there is there is a riddle. It's uh, Kroger me Kroger you. What's inside this Kroger? How about stew. you? Uh, yeah, oh, okay. stew. Yeah. Yeah, Lucas also played the Riddler in the recent uh, Batman movie. I did. Um, I did it. I know everyone thinks it's Paul Dano and and that's who it's credited as, but I that was me. You know, I feel like with with some makeup you probably could could get there. Probably. I don't think you're I don't think you're far off. No, I'm not. I mean, Paul Dano's got about 20 years. No, not not 20 years. He's got 12 years on me. So maybe if we put a little little wrinkles in my face i could i could be him yeah i could just see you i i'm not saying that you're them but you're in the bloodline they're your son you've got a cousin or something (laughs) you're related 
somewhere down the line. Well, that would be cool because he's one of my favorite actors. Well, uh, Paul Dano. Um, if you're listening, that's his name, send, right? Yes. Send us an email. Yeah, email us at flamingmelonpod at gmail.com. We'll get back to you. Um, if you like Kroger, uh, let us know your favorite products. If they're on sale, we'll pick it up. We got a Kroger um, riddle for you. Yeah. I know you like the riddles in the Batman because I wrote them all for you. So, Well, yeah. Yeah, you know me well, and I know you, you tailored those riddles to really tickle me. So I, I really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, undying gratitude toward you for that specific uh, thing. So, yeah, why don't we get started today? Uh, Lucas, uh, what what do you have to, to bring up? Frankly, I've got nothing um, because my memory was recently – um see there it went but my memory <laughs> recently was um uh, i can't remember compromised yeah it was with one of those flashy things that the was used in men in black oh. somebody somebody bought one from a movie memorabilia re reseller um and was it paul dano I don't remember. Oh. Um, understandable. Uh, but uh, it's it's broken up because my memory was washed, but I think they used one of those things on me, and they, they were just were playing around. Um, I would think. I don't really know because my memory was erased, but I think what happened was... Uh, yeah, I don't know. So what do you got going on? Um... I don't have a ton. I dropped some food the other day. Was uh, it pizza? No, I haven't had pizza since that time I dropped it. <laughs> uh, no, this Never. this one was I dropped an entire tray of uh, vegan chicken nuggets and fries. The entire the entire tray as it was going into the oven, just dropped everything on it. As it was going into the oven, yes. So my, I'm gonna I'll break it down here for you. When I place a tray into the oven i place it like three quarters of the way onto the rack and then i remove my hand and then push it in the rest of the way so that my hand okay so your hand's underneath it right initially usually with an oven mitt on and so i go to put it on the rack and i only got it on about halfway but i thought it was on more so i let go to push it in and then it just (laughs) toppled over and all the nuggets fell and the fries um that must have been a you you must have uh shed some tears i wasn't too happy i wasn't very happy um and then the did you and then a couple days before that i dropped an entire bottle of ranch on the floor (laughs) which normally wouldn't seem like a big deal but i get this ranch that's in glass bottles so it shattered so i I had glass and ranch all over my floor that's uh you gotta get some Gloves with like uh, suction cups or something of something. that I need sort. Something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe one of our sponsors can help us with that. Um, or anybody listening, if you know a way to help Lucas in his uh, turbulent times of uh, <laughs> food handling, please email us at. Um, well, just flaming melon pod. Sh- Okay. gmail.com i know your memory well, is still tough. you could do that too but i was gonna say if you could also shout really loud and 
Um, you know, I know we're not going to hear you unless you're close to one of us, but uh, maybe somebody else will hear you and then they'll shout. And then the next person that hears them will shout and eventually we will we will get your message. Uh, it just the, will not the be... The entire country will be shouting and we'll, we'll know. We'll take a... It might take a couple days, but... Um, if you email us, we will get back to you probably in the same amount of time. So really it's up to you what you, what you want to do with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't drop a ton of food, but I, whenever I do, it's a large quantity. And that's, oh, what, that's what I, at least you do it that. right. At least at I least do it significant. right. It's not like it's a significant. drop, a, drop a potato chip on the floor. No, I'm going to drop a whole fucking pizza. It's enough to talk about to other people. It's like, it's that big of an issue where I can't even keep this to myself. <laughs> yes, exactly. I I need to admit this to Germany. I can't, to... I can't let this bottle up inside me. Well, you didn't let that ranch bottle up. No, uh, I didn't. I let that ranch breathe. Yeah, well... Well, uh, just in case any of our listeners from Germany or Ireland or the United States um, are concerned, you you now know what uh, what kind of stuff Lucas uh, the, the perils of of Lucas, right? And uh, maybe it's because he's vegan. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> no, I don't even know where I'm going with that. Um, I was just saying maybe the bad luck, maybe it's something, maybe that, maybe you have more people after you because well, you're, you, you have a just fight. So there's more people out to get you. I mean, you know, people, people try to knock you down when you're, when you're doing what's right. True. So I'm thinking that there might be somebody else involved who is anti vegan because let's be honest, all of this has happened with vegan food, Correct. Uh, well, that's when I started cooking a lot. So yes. Well, the answer just yes or no. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. I mean, it's maybe you got a, a, uh, maybe there's a villain similar to like a Riddler, uh, out there that is, um, or maybe you have, maybe you got a ghost in your pans. Maybe you have haunted pans. Well, what I'll say is if if being vegan means that I'm going to drop more food, it's a worthy cause, and I'm, I'm okay with that. And if there is a ghost, I will mm-hmm. find that ghost, and I will make sweet love to it. Well, you heard it here first. Lucas likes to have relations with apparitional beings. I'm all about that ectoplasm. Um. That's that's disgusting. Is is that no? Uh, it's beautiful. Is that vegan? Yes. Well, I can't knock you for it then. Um, I'm gonna say something that may come across. Please do. Please, please, some please ins- uh, insensitive. Oh no. I'm gonna say something that is gonna be oh, like, no. "What are you saying right now? Are you ready? Oh, no. Are you ready? No, I'm not." All right, I'm just going to say, say all I'm going to say is um shout out Russia. Which seems rather insensitive, but I would like to uh please point, please go. I yeah, would, don't, I, don't take your time on that. Just just keep let's let's see I would what, like to I would like to clarify that I am not shouting out 
Russia's actions towards Ukraine right now. But I am shouting out a new listener location, uh, which is uh, Russia. That is a new listener location that we have here at the Flaming Melon Pod. Um, You know, uh, turbulent times and a rather interesting country to have start listening to us but it I, they need recognition not everyone in russia is a bad person in fact i think most people are good and that just goes across the world most people are inherently good um yeah. but uh yeah interesting uh interesting new listener there well um shout out to the listener shout out um, to the listener if- and fuck russia fuck you putin but but not like Russia in the sense of everyone in the country. Okay, you keep see you keep using specific language and then you go back to the broad. So you're fuck, just gonna have to keep explaining fuck, yourself. Fuck Vladimir Putin and his idiot droids that he's using to kill millions in Ukraine. Well, you heard of here from Lucas. Um, I'm not gonna say anything just in case he is listening. Um, I don't care if he's listening. Fuck you. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. You're an idiot. You're a, you're a baby. You are well, an insecure man. Well, uh, I guess we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see if the listener is pro or I guess we'll see if they drop off. Um, <laughs> if they don't listen to pro- the, if they don't listen to the one after this, we, we know. Yeah. We know well, where shout they stand. Out to, shout out to our Russia listener. Maybe it's plural. Maybe you're watching with a family, or uh, maybe the maybe it's. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, Russia is uh, you know it's territory that, ironically, we are conquering now. Um, how about that for some irony, right, Lucas? How about that? We're the ones taking over Russia. How about that? Uh. <laughs> But no, I mean, if you're if you're listening to this show and you're from Russia or if you're from literally anywhere, that makes you a cool person automatically. So, uh, unless you're Vladimir yeah, so Putin. shout out to. Sorry, unless you're Vladimir Putin. Yeah, it's true. Then you're not a cool person. But yeah, um, yeah, new new listener location. Always got to shout that out when we're this young in the pod, you know, at some point when the entire world is listening to us, we're not going to be able to shout you out. So, so. yeah, pretty soon we're going to take over. We're going to be a media company. We're going to have a news organization. Right. We're already building that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Lucas said, Putin, you know, not cool, man. Um, nope. <laughs> that's, that's a very, <laughs> Lucas is going hard and I'm very just like, subtle. Yeah, way you're of not a good it. person. Putin, that is not cool. That is, what are you doing, Putin? <laughs> that is, that is so uncool. Yeah, see, I'm just trying to go at it from the line of like, I'm not, I'm not trying to bring anger. I'm trying to bring disappointment toward it. You know, I'm gonna bring some anger. Uh, I think you are one of the worst human beings ever. I think you will um, go down in flames as just one of the one of the worst people to ever live. Uh, it think. is really unfortunate what, uh, that, that his actions for this 
are they're now just the innocent people. And I feel like we talked about this before, but the innocent people in Russia um, are really feeling it in their right in their daily lives as well as, right. of course, right. the Ukrainians who have lost a lot. Right. I mean, themselves. The, the Ukrainians are definitely taking 100 percent, you know, the extreme yeah. extreme blows of this, but also as a blowback, you know, all the companies that are shutting down. In Russia and all the trading stuff that's being discontinued um, is affecting just, you know, your, your good people in Russia. And it really shows how much of an idiot Putin is and that he'd rather just continue to massacre Ukrainians versus stopping this war and, you know, making sure that his people don't become miserable. So Yeah, I mean, but they're at a point now where they're they're probably putting themselves decades behind in terms of their uh, economy. So, oh yeah, they're, hey, they're terrible. Yeah, he's, he's shout so out, stupid. Shout out to the Russian people. Um, you know, we like Lucas said, most people in the world they have uh, good intentions. Um, it's just unfortunate when those people. Who are stupid with bad attention, um, intentions come into power. Just happened too often in our history. Yeah, it's it's, it's, frequent, it's amazing. I think that's just one of the one of the unfortunate things about governments where one per, one person can have so much power. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's it definitely. You know, when you have that much power, you really need a upstanding guy. And we've had so many people, you know, even recently that are just yeah. awful, awful people and just stupid. Just well, really, the systems really fucking stupid. The systems inherently are definitely uh, corrupt in nature. I'm not saying that they weren't. They, I mean, at one point they probably were working the way that they should. But definitely now we are in uh, a crazy political time across the world but you know shout out to uh to the russian listener um you know maybe you feel special now that we spent so much time talking on it but uh email us at uh, send us an email um flamingmelonpod at gmail.com we'll send you something um you know Just ask us for something and we'll send it to you. Send it. Send. We'll send it. We'll as long as it's from Kroger. Yeah. We'll send you a gr- um, Kroger gift bag. We'll send you a Kroger gift card. Yep. Just the gift card. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Kroger is in Russia. Well, if it is, it's probably shut down. Well, we'll build it. So we care about our listeners so much. We will build a Kroger. I'd rather build one in Ukraine. Personally, but we can look at Russia maybe after this boils over. <laughs> well, Lucas is the top spokesperson for Kroger currently. He is the COO, That's the correct. C3PO. I'm the C3PO. The the chief three penis officer, as they as they call me, because I uh, am just the top dog at Kroger. Yeah. Um, but just to put a cork on the on the talk, uh, you know, we get, we got heavy there for a second. We're about to bring it right back up. By the way, we're about to bring it right back. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's coming back, coming um, back around. We hate, really threw, We don't like being it, heavy here. It really threw me off that Lucas uh, 
said that we did have a Russian listener because I thought, you know, I, I did, I thought we were as far east in Europe as we were going to go, to be honest. Yep. We got Russia on board. Um, well, please continue to listen to us. That way we can grow even further. Um, we beg you. We beg you. So, Patrick. Hello. We got a new sponsor this week. Well, that we do. And this sponsor is something that I didn't know much about. And frankly, I, I really still don't. So I, I would like you to enlighten me and the audience on on this project. Okay, wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm excited about about what we have today for you. So let me uh, we'll pull it up here. Okay, so we are proud to announce our new sponsor. Our new sponsor, uh, Chunky Bits. Uh, Chunky Bits is a food processor and distribution business based in New York City. We utilize the latest cutting-edge technology in our business to deliver high-quality products to our food and beverage distribution customers wherever they are. In fact, Chunky Bits is the only commercial distribution source of the award-winning award-winning Chunky Bits food processor and distribution company. Survey. That sounds very legitimate. It is. Yeah, this is a uh, this is high scale stuff. Um, serving both high quality artisanal food from a restaurant as well as local artisanal dis- dishes, Chunky Bits serves its customers the most delicious food from a selection of low maintenance, all natural produce in the nation's largest market, as well as locally developed new varieties. Since 1996. Chunky Bits has delivered artisanal food to restaurants and bars nationwide in more than 20 cities. Chunky Bits currently has 1,500 full-service chefs across nine locations and more than 120 distribution locations. That's like... That's like a... That's a lot of chefs. That's like over 100 chefs per location. Uh, Correct. Well over 100 per location. Um, but with that in mind, we are thrilled to welcome our newest sponsor, Chunky Bits. This new organization recently received the Best New Restaurants Award from Michelin.com. That's a that's a pretty big uh, that's a big acknowledgement. Deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but is that all Chunky Bits is? Is a good question. Well, here's the dark tr- truth. Chunky Bits is a game about stealing in an attempt to get cash. The game is based on a classic survival action game called Eldrick and has grown in relevancy over the years. Many of the games in the library are, well, classic. But it is really, is it really Chunky Bits? No. Instead of spending money on random items, you instead get a free cut of Eldrick that you can buy for your own personal use. You may have your own ideas and ideas for what you want to use, but at all costs. Your Eldrick can really make a difference. In fact, it's like a game about being part of a family, even if you're a single parent. And I'm sure you noticed before this Kickstarter went into Kickstarter program 
that there were people in other programs who were also not interested in playing the game and wanted money or other forms of aid, but decided to pay so that they could get paid for all of their efforts. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we've all noticed that. I certainly, Yeah, that's very, very clear. I certainly did. Um, but there are numerous other games that I've read who also seem to be using it in a similar way. Like this one that I described back in my list of indie games I thought might be interesting to play with this one. Let's get too high on our little brother's old favorite series, Star Wars Rebels. Oh, what a great series. But what it contains most impresses me. What I'm actually doing at this point is thinking of how I'm thinking about this. Whether it be reading, writing about, acting, writing about, or just acting out. Or writing about so that so that I may as well give you the right words and not my mind. The reason I say so is for my second purpose. And as for this next, not the purpose, just for being a good reader writing about or just acting out, I think that just about anyone who has experience with how to tell it on your own will have this experience. At least you're going to hear it. Go to the website for more information, the Big Bang Theory at Amazon.com and www.thebigbasinband.com. The Big Bang Theory on TV at Showtime and on YouTube. Well, how do you how do you feel about our, that new sponsor? I'm jacked up about it. <laughs> Well, whether it be reading, writing out about, uh, acting, writing about, or just acting out, or writing about, um, right. mm-hmm. you might as well give you the right words and not my mind. Exactly. Well said. Yeah, I mean, we all know what happened with the Kickstarter. Um, we all know about Eldrick and, you know, Chunky Bits, which is, you know, not the, the classic, but it's it's there. So... Yeah, that's uh, you know, go to go to www.thebigbasinband.com. Um That's just a plug for uh for my personal band. Right, that's Patrick's new band. He's starting up. He's playing the didgeridoo alongside four other didgeridoos. Um Yeah. Yeah. Um the didgeridoos are sentient beings. They um, they actually, so I'm playing the didgeridoo and then the didgeridoos are playing other humans. So it's really interesting. It's like the, the dichotomy of people having power over instruments when instruments really have the power over people, you know, that's so true. That's so yeah. True. So, um, so whether it be reading, writing about, acting, writing about, or just acting out, or writing about, um, we may as well give you the right words and not our minds. And, uh, you know, the reason that we say this, as Lucas said, is for our second purpose and for the next, not the purpose, just for the being a good reader, writing about, or just acting out. I think that just about anyone who has experience with how to tell it on your own will have this experience. Um, but at least you're, at least you're going to hear it. So like Lucas said, go to the website for more information, big bang theory at amazon.com and 
personal plug, Big Basin Band, shout out. Woo woo. The Big Bang Theory on TV, I'm also starring in. Didgeridoo. Yeah, Lucas is a big fan of the music. I am. And, I uh, love music and I love didgeridoos. He actually funded it um, because he believes in it that much. I do. I am. Um, I'm in a bad spot financially, but I just I know this is going to be a huge success. And even if it wasn't, I am glad with, that I made the decision that I did. Yeah, I mean, better this than crypto. So, um, you know, because you can't hear, you can't. Crypto doesn't tickle your ears like the Big Basin Band does. Crypto does nothing for me because I don't have we, any. Well. Wait till next next week's sponsor. We might have a we might have a sponsor for you. Good job, Lucas. You're setting up the next sponsor already. I've- yeah, you know we're always looking ahead here. We're always uh, we're thinking uh, half a step ahead. Um, uh, sometimes like a three quarters, like a carpenter a who makes stairs. Yeah, you ha- you go half step at a time. You know, bing bong, bing bing bing, like that. That was beautiful. Yeah, that's actually we were gonna release that. That was uh we just played the track of the song. Um That was called uh and it's gonna be out uh you know, we'll play it. Yeah, just a little tease for where, you. Where, yeah, you guys are going on tour. I know in uh, in this this coming June. Where's where's uh, where's the first couple of stops there, so people can maybe kind of look out for that. Yeah, so we're playing Marty's Dumpster on the thirty first, and we've got the is that back in Ohio. Alley. Is that in Ohio? Ohio is one big dumpster. Okay, that's the big dumpster. Where's Marty's? Marty's is in New Zealand. Oh, that's right. It's just this little venue inside of a, a small three by five dumpster. Um, really, really great. Great people. The bar is good. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, yeah, I mean, so far it's just that stop, I think. Um, but we're building the tour as we go. And, uh, you know, just letting the ball, letting the snowball snowball, as they say. You know, let the snowball snowball, let them, letting that snowball do its thing. Yeah. And I mean, the reason I say so is for my second purpose as, as for the next, not the purpose just for being a good reader writing about or just acting out. Uh, I think that just about anyone who has experience with how to tell it on your own will have this experience. Uh, at least you're going to hear it. So I'm, and I mean, like, whether it be reading, writing about, acting, writing about, or just acting out, or writing about. So, you know, I'm, I may just as well give you the right words, not my mind. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. You're just, it's it's amazing. You have such a uh, a knack for crafting and thinking about, and, you know, there's, there's obviously notes that go into this thing. But at the same time, you're not really, you're not using your mind in the standard sense of thinking and crafting and writing, but you're using your mind in a very you know, osmosis kind of way, like it's neurological, it's nebulous. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of floating ideas that go into like crafting, but also writing and, and scripting and kind of putting things together, but like block by block and not just, you know, it's not block on top of block. 
and right. Things, I mean, things what, start flowing, and the creative process is getting. It's messy, but it's clean, and there's nothing. There's it's passion, and whenever I see something like that, I tend to, I tend to think about it in a way that is. You think about things, and the stuff that you're thinking about might you might think it's a craft that's crafting different numerical notes but it's really it's not numerical it's free flowing yeah i mean like you said a lot of it comes from you know writing about um or just simply acting or acting out or or writing about you know there's or reading or acting out so it's just a combination of acting out acting reading writing about acting acting out writing about and the star wars rebels was uh you know we got to get high on our little brother's old favorite series you know what i'm saying right i know what you're saying but what it contains most impresses me and that that's when we get into the acting and the writing about or just reading or even just acting out or writing about you know um but I'll give you the right words and, and not my mind, you know, when it comes down to it, I'll give you the, I'll, I won't, I won't give you my mind. I'll give you the right words. All right. So, yeah. Well, yeah. So shout out the big basin band. Shout out big basin band. Shout out, um, big bank theory. Shout out everything. Yeah. Shout out, uh, to all of our viewers. Go check it out. Shout out to some fucking spicy pickle spears and a and a tuna sandwich. Are you still eating pickle spears? Yes. Spicy ones? Yes. I just ate my last one today. So what do you do with the liquid at the end? What do you what kind of well, stuff? Well I don't do you know. Do? You know, when I was still drinking a lot, I would save it and use it for pickleback shots. Which, Disgusting, okay. Oh, uh, I love Pickleback shots. I've had it. It's not bad. It's, uh, not it's bad. great because whiskey is disgusting. And then you follow oh. you follow it with pickle juice, and it immediately wipes the flavor <laughs> of the whiskey. And I also like pickles, so those, those were I liked I like doing those. But I don't really drink anymore. So, well, maybe you should. Maybe I should. Maybe I should become a raging alcoholic. Yeah, any of our viewers at home, if you've if you've overcome your alcohol addiction, consider taking a step back. You know, we right. all have to do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just gotta get back on the horse. You gotta fall sometimes, back into those habits. Yeah. Sometimes nobody's gonna do it for you, you know, whether it be writing about, acting, or just acting out, or writing about. I mean, frankly, somebody's gotta do it. And you know what? If it's you that's that's cool. So seek it out. Um, you know, start start crippling addictions as much as you can. Whatever it but might really be, make... alcohol, weed, crack, heroin, yeah. uh, porn, anything. Just you know, get on that yeah. horse. Get on that horse and ride it all day. Maybe it's horses. Maybe you like horses just a little too much. We all know people who have who have been in that horse cock. Of, you know. Yeah, or maybe you're just, um, you know, maybe your maybe your guilty pleasure is watching some 90 Day Fiance on, uh, you know, the TLC. So, I mean, but if you're watching that show, you're probably already a raging alcoholic anyway. So, True, pick up more habits, collect them like trading cards. We can start a trading card game based on 
this and we can make more money than Pokemon ever could with this idea. And I think a lot of it comes to, you know, reading or writing about or acting or just acting out or just writing about. Um, so, you know, it, uh, you know, pick up those habits. Um, you know, if you, if you're having a hard time, uh, you know, being sober, fuck it, dude. YOLO. Okay. Balls you know to the, the wall. Balls in high school, to the wall. In high school, I had a shirt that said YOLO. Or That's it was true. middle school. It was some you somewhere. Um, and that's back when we were drinking every day. Back in middle yeah. school. Yep. We were throwing bottles at the teachers. We were throwing teachers at the bottles. We know. were shooting guns in the gym. And we were, you know, frankly, we were acting out. We were acting out a little bit. We were but acting then a we little started, bit out of line. We started reading Yeah. That, uh, about, and then... And then we started writing about, about writing about yes, acting out, acting or writing about. And it's it really comes down to. Why are you not addicted to something, you know, become addicted to something? Hopefully it's harmful. Hopefully it will lead you to some type of problems, whether it's in the near future, hopefully, or later down the road. Not ideal, but. We'll, we'll take it. I'm just going to, I'm going to interrupt very briefly here. Um, the one thing we do not want you to become addicted to is water. Um, so I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there. Please stop drinking water and become addicted to anything else that is preferably harmful. Um, just want to put that out there. Yeah. Maybe it's rat poison. Maybe, uh, you know, Tide Pods are a little overrated, but they work. Um, maybe you're just sucking on uh, an exhaust pipe. You know, for a couple hours while it's running, you know, just kind of taking it all in. You know, but, you know, really it comes down to if you're a car guy or not. And really car guys don't tend to act out, but they might be reading or or writing about um, or acting or uh, acting out or just writing about. So, you know, it, it really depends. Well, you know, I think speaking about all this acting out. Um, yeah, yeah, I want to, uh, let's each, let's each give a little story about how we acted out in high school. And now we're going to remember, we're going to transition into these, these stories are real. These, I know what we have said over the last 30 minutes can be conceived as utter nonsense, but these, these upcoming stories are real. Yeah, after we said all that stuff, please do not um, feel like you need to start that alcohol addiction or continue it. Yeah, you are your own person. We are not <laughs> hypnotizing you. You have control, okay? Don't listen to us in any sense at all. Yeah, disclaimer, but listen to our podcast. Dis disclaimer, stopping an addiction is a great thing. Uh, don't let us have you start drinking again. Unless you want to. <laughs> Unless you want to go for it, maybe you, maybe you're missing out. Maybe it's maybe it's going to kind of fill that that void at least for a little while. You know, do it, do it, do it. I'm going to do it right now. No. Yeah, Lucas is no, Lucas no, is uh, he's been sober for a while, but he's he's actually taking a big sip of vodka right as we speak. I am huge, huge sip. Yeah, mm. he can even talk while he takes it. Ooh, I'm drinking vodka. Ooh, he's a ventriloquist. Oh, delicious. Yeah. That was convincing. So Lucas was right there. He was acting, but he he wasn't acting out. 
um, though he may be, whether it be reading or writing about or acting or writing about or just acting out or writing about, he, he may as well give you the right words and not his mind because he does not have the mind to give you, but he does have the words. So even if it's not acting or acting out or reading, he's writing about or just acting out. And I think that just about anybody who's experienced that, um, well, you know, they'll, they'll tell you from their own experience that at least you're going to hear it, you know? So Patrick, tell us about, um, a moment where you, or maybe both of us were acting out in high school. Cause we got a lot of good stories about that. And then we're going to talk about some other stories that we have, but we'll, we'll get to that. Well, if anything in the, uh, that we talk about is illegal in nature, it did not happen. It's just a hypothetical thing. True, true. Um, <laughs> I remember the handcuffing of the banana. Right. I was thinking of that too. Um, that one's good. Lucas managed to handcuff a banana to a to a teacher. I think I maybe it was my job to distract him. I think that sounds right. I think so. I think it actually might have um, been Evan that handcu- actually handcuffed it. But you were you were the guy with the I had handcuffs. the handcuffs and I uh, and I put the banana on the handcuffs, like speared, <laughs> speared the banana through one end of the handcuffs and then took the other end and our buddy handcuffed it onto the back belt loop of our history teacher. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was There's been milk hidden in the ceiling tiles. <laughs> um, that one's good because you start off. By hiding milk. Nobody really. You, yeah. You start by hiding milk in like a cabinet and that, yeah. you know, like a week or two passes and it spoils and smells horrible. But you find that one. You find the one in the cabinet. So then you take a couple cartons and you put one of them in the ceiling and then you put like two others somewhere else. So, so now, you think you find it? Yeah. Now you find the other ones, but they're still going to, you still got that smell because you don't think to look in the ceiling. <laughs> And then even when you remove the ceiling, the smell is still so ingrained yeah. that it would take a professional cleaning crew to really make a dent in it. <laughs> yes. Um, I vividly remember uh, beans. <laughs> that one was so stupid. Yeah, no, I would never do that. I just don't know what... I don't know what made this... So we... It was me, Lucas, and was it was Evan involved or was it just Raul? Uh, there was definitely four of us. It was probably Evan and Raul. Okay, so then it, it definitely was them. Yeah, we we had uh, somebody had beans left over from their lunch, refried, refried beans, <laughs> and we took some spoons and we were at a table that was not directly near the. It was probably within what, like twenty feet of the of the of the uh, the window, the, the glass windows. Yes, the windows were, th- were which was also an exit to go out towards another parking lot. Yes. So we just, uh, you know, we did the thing where you you load something up on a spoon, and it's of course a plastic spoon, so you can, it's got some flexibility to it. It's got the old catapult launcher on it. Yeah, so you just kind of pull it back at the top with your finger and then you let it get a nice angle on it and then you let go and the beans just go straight to the wall um we we did it um (laughs) 
We all did it. There were beans, intend- beans on that window. Believe it or not, I think that was the most trouble I ever got into. Yeah, me too. It's crazy that that's that's the only detention I ever got in school, and it was like one of the mildest things that we did. Right. <laughs> it like, was just we made yeah, a we, mess. We flicked some beans onto a window, and that's what we got like fucking five days of detention for, or whatever it was. Ridiculous. One time I thought it was a good idea during a teacher's like, I don't know if you'd call it office hours, but it was some of their downtime where they didn't have a class. I snuck into a different history teacher's room. They they had a podium next to their desk. So I just walked in. The lights were dim or off, but he was at the computer working. And I, I uh, <laughs> crouched down behind the podium. And then that allowed me to get get behind the desk while I'm also like crawling. (laughs) I forgot about this. And then I just popped up and said, Hey, (laughs) and he was not, he, I about gave him a heart attack and I was like, wow, this seems like a really funny idea and not thinking like, I'm just about to jump scare the shit out of him. No, and you, he did nothing to deserve it. You were right. That was that is really funny. <laughs> oh, there's plenty shit. more, but I think some of it we don't really want to admit to on there. No, not everything. I I enjoyed when you would wear that raincoat a lot, and we. Had oh, this- <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I bet you'd wear this golf raincoat, um, and. You know, it's completely waterproof. Even the pockets are waterproof, which means you could put liquid in the pockets and they wouldn't they wouldn't leak. So him and I sat together this one class and I usually had a water bottle and I would, uh, you know, when the moment was right, I would secretly dump water <laughs> into the pocket of your coat. And, you know, sometimes you'd notice pretty quickly or sometimes you'd you'd it'd be you'd sitting there for a few minutes and you'd put your hand in your pocket. It's just full of water. Then you would uh, you would go up to the front of the room and just dump it into the trash can in front of the whole class. I'd just jump it right next to his desk in front of the class and uh, just empty your pocket full of water in front of everyone. And I would get the weirdest look from the the history teacher. This is the same guy who had a banana handcuff to his belt. Yeah, he took a lot of the 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 jokes. He was. I remember throwing a penny in his coffee i re- oh i remember messing with his stapler a lot <laughs> probably yeah like throwing it in the t- like knocking oh, it into yeah. the trash always throw it in the trash <laughs> trying to make it seem like an accident or do it without him paying attention yeah and then also just swapping items for other items and then there was a time where i got a penny in his coffee yeah and then he drank it and didn't notice yeah, that one's a li- that one's um questionable. <laughs> I don't know if he ever noticed that. Did he ever find the penny? I'm, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he didn't swallow it. Props to teachers because they put up with. Oh, I would be pissed off. If, and we're if... not even the worst kids either. Like oh, we no. have a like what we do. We try to. Some of it is kind of. Some, some of, of it's it, pretty dumb, but most of it's harmless. Right. A lot of it, and I think that's why we were able to get away with what we did, because it was funny enough where the teachers wouldn't hate it. But we did some stuff. Do you remember the, I'm faintly remembering posters outside of the bathroom. What were we advertising? 
I don't remember that. Do you at remember all. that? No. Do you? I think you were the person who who did it. Oh gosh! It, it was just some dumb, I, some really dumb posters, and we would just put them up everywhere. Yeah, I do remember. I do have them. Oh yeah. I don't. I, I know, don't know what they. I bet I could find said. some of those. I bet I could find some of those. I remember making all those really weird questionnaires and having people fill them out, which is the yeah. stupidest questions on them, and having like teachers fill them out. I think I found some one time while cleaning or going through my old stuff. Nice. I don't remember where they're at. But yeah, a lot yeah, of dumb, they... a lot of immature stuff, but it's it's also funny as fuck, so. Definitely good memories. If I if I went back in time, would I have had the balls to do it again? Being yes. an adult, probably not. Well, being an adult, though, but... Right. At the time. Yes. If I had the consequences of being an adult. Yeah. Would I go to work tomorrow I, and just throw my boss's right. stapler in the trash? <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Would I do any of that in a different context? No. Probably not. Some of it, maybe. I would definitely, if I had a coworker that was wearing one of those raincoats, I would dump water in there. No, no question. And then there's just, and then there's just the screaming that happened in the lunchroom, just oh, the yeah. dumb stuff we did at lunch. Yeah, the shit game. Instead of penis, we would just yell shit. But we had to stand up when we yell it. So people know who it is. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I distinctly remember how loud Raul would get in that game. He always won. Yes. Yeah. I feel like he got... He became synonymous <laughs> with the yelling... Yes. <laughs> Just funny because like, he's such a quiet kid. Or at least he was. Right. And we would always be within like three tables away of the, the staff table, right? <laughs> right. Like, and we're just we were <laughs> standing up and yelling shit. And then if you get a if you have a good crowd, you get other people who aren't even at your table in on it, so then it becomes like a battle throughout the whole room. Um, I think sometimes he would do it when the bell rang just to hide it underneath the yeah, bell as yeah, well, yeah, but you could still hear it <laughs> piercing through. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Raul. Yeah. I miss that guy. Maybe he's listening from, from Russia. I think he's in Chicago. Yeah, he was, he was last I knew. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like that's a that's a healthy amount of yeah. Of that's stories. that's more than enough. We do have some other stories. Um, these are a little more magic related. But first, I'm gonna make a brief mention. I meant I meant to talk about this at the beginning, but I saw a new movie in theaters the other day called X. 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 A film by Ty West, which is a slasher horror film. That is centered around these young people making a porno. So is it comedic then? It has some very funny moments, but it is mostly horrific. Um, um, and it was awesome. I don't know if I've watched a modern slasher, or at least it's been a long, long time. Yeah, you know, I've watched some modern ones, but uh, they're I just don't care for them that much. But this one was made so well and there was some moments in it that i loved um so much but the yeah it's it's uh it's got some porn in it it's got a lot of blood and gore 
and it's scary. So what what else could you could you want in a movie? Um, yeah, really, if it's coming down to writing about or acting or acting out, um, you really you get it sounds like you got everything you wanted. Yes. It's just it's great. There's a shot towards the beginning with a a giant alligator um, that is terrific. There is a moment where one character is killing another with a knife by repeatedly stabbing them in the neck and they're doing it in front of a running car and the blood is splattering onto the headlights so that the person who's doing the killing starts to turn red because the headlights are being coated in red. That was a beautiful moment as horrific. That's a really creative. That's really creative. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would imagine it's been done before, but that's the first time I had seen it in a movie and that was awesome. Um, there was a moment near the end where I genuinely did not know if a gun was loaded or not, um, which made it very tense, um, which normally you would know. You you have a pretty good idea if, if a gun's loaded or not. But at this one, I genuinely had no idea what was going to happen. Um, yeah, it was it was great. I would highly recommend it to anyone. What would you, if you had to put it on a scale of 10? No, 9 out of 10. It was uh, an under. I, th- I thought it was going to be pretty good because it's an A twenty four film, which is the studio that makes it, and I really like most things that they do. Um, but it exceeded my expectations. I really had a fun time. Go watch it. Go watch X. Go check it out. Yeah, go check out X. Maybe you'll maybe you'll poop yourself. That's. Uh... Maybe you know, you'll poop yourself. Maybe you'll maybe you'll poop yourself, and maybe you'll make a documentary about about what happened to your colon. We'll call it colonoscopy conditions. Speaking about documentaries about colon, um, colon Michigan is known as the magic capital of the world. Um, yes, how many people it know is. that? It's just a small town with one blinking light. Not even a stop light, just a blinking one. Um, there's one one road that, uh, you, and you'll you'll go through. It's like what? It's like it's like two blocks. Yeah, it's that's a city. It's very like two blocks. very tiny. I mean, you and I grew up in a town of like fifteen hundred people, um, and this town is smaller. So definitely smaller. Yeah, which is yeah, it's crazy going to a town when you already feel like you've experienced a small town. And it's smaller, but that's Colon, Michigan. It is home to, uh, so by the way, we're, so this was inspired by Lucas and I watching this like three minute mini documentary on Colon that, uh, a, a group called the, the great big story did. And they do a lot of like mini docs about vast variety of things. Um, so they just kind of briefly, I wish it was longer, but they briefly highlight the dynamic of colon and the fact that it has three different magic shops within the span of less than a mile, less than like a block, <laughs> less right. than like two blocks. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it also like talk, briefly talked about the, the rich history that magic had in colon. Um, so that led to Lucas and I thinking that, you know, that's not really an entertainment review that we can do because of how like how short it is 
but we have a lot of personal stories from our time there and growing up and going there that we'd like to talk about for a little bit. We do. Yeah, just uh, briefly a little more on Colon. The reason why it is considered the magic capital of the world is because of one magic shop in particular, and that is Abbott's magic shop, world famous magic shop. And, you know, they don't produce quite at the scale that they once did, but um, for a long time, if you were big in stage magic, you got a lot of your stuff from Abbott's. Um, and they were huge in the stage manufacturing of props. Um, and, you know, they're, they're still big in what they make, um, but they also host one of the bigger magic conventions in the United States, Magic uh, Abbott's Magic Get Together, held every fall um, in Colon, and they attract some pretty top talents to come and perform and give lectures during that week, and that's um, that's the, the big reason why it's been titled the Magic Capital of the World, but of course you also have Sterlini's Magic Shop and Fab Magic, which are two wonderful shops as well. Sterlini's got a really cool stage in his, and Fab Magic has a very, um, they always have good display of like old books and uh, just a lot of interesting stuff for sale. Yeah, it's a very, it's got a, a rich history and it also has a rich history in our lives, Lucas and I together. Um, my first, my first uh, memories of really going to a magic shop were going to uh, Abbott's with Lucas. Yep. Do you remember um, what you first got? I think I got one of those floating matches. Oh, yeah. Like on, yeah. A, on a card, the match that floats on a card. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. I think one of the first um, things that I got was a penetration frame. It's a great effect, even to this and day. And that's, uh, that's where a pen is able to go through a plexiglass frame that's proven both before and after that it is impenetrable. Yes, and, uh, totally yeah. solid, and it passes solid through solid. Great, great effect. Yeah, I think there's that. They have that. I know they have that video on there. Abbott's has a YouTube channel, and somewhere deep, deep in the uh, history of videos they have, they have so many. But there is a video with you and me in there getting a coin trick demonstrated. Um, yeah, I remember really being impressed by that, and that's like the first time I think that I witnessed sleight of hand in person. Like, yeah, like good sleight of hand. Yeah. Yeah, with some coin box routine. I would love to find that again. Maybe we can post that somewhere. But yeah, I love uh, I love Colin. I love going. Anytime I'm home, I enjoy making a trip up there. And just talking about it makes me want to make sure to get up there when I'm when I'm home next. Um, but what are what yeah. are, what are some of your biggest memories from Colin trips? Oh, well, uh, meeting Garrett Thomas and hanging out with him and kind of seeing, seeing him do his thing in his natural environment. Uh, I feel like we've talked about Garrett Thomas before, but he is, uh, he's a fantastic close-up magician. Um, and he has worked with, uh, different TV. He's worked with David Blaine on his, 
I think he's probably most credited towards working with David Blaine behind the scenes on his magic specials. Um, but yeah, I, I have very fond memories of that. Just all of the conventions. Um, I think I remember riding in a car. I don't know if you were there for this. Do you remember Cody Fisher? Were you there? Oh, yeah. mention that? I was, that was my, okay. my car. <laughs> that was your car. Was who was in the, somebody was in the trunk of the car. Noah, I think. Noah was in the trunk of the car and we had a, a well-known magician riding with us while we had Noah in the back, in the oh, trunk. That was when I, that was still when I had my first car. That was the Chrysler. Yeah, that was, a, that was a really fun time. I think that was one of the most fun conventions that I went to. That was a blast. Yep. Um, I've competed there. I've competed in Colon. Yep. Uh, two times you've competed there at least once, right? Yep. Um, have some, some interesting memories from that. Yes. Um, I, I, I was probably going to get first place in this competition, but I didn't place at all because I went over by a small amount of time. Um, Right, which wasn't was, there only was, three people competing anyways in that one? There was three people competing and there was three, three prizes. Places. And then they decided yes. not to give you anything because you went over in time. So they only gave out two places. Yeah. I, that's what I gets like me the most. That's, that's what gets me the most. I then. was pissed and I, I'd like to think that uh, that's water under the bridge and I've kind of moved past that. But it was just like... Wow, like that's uh, pretty nonsensical you know. when you have three places to give. You know, I'm not going to mention who, like, what, who that was affiliated with, but that that showed me not to trust the world uh, <laughs> <laughs> at a young age. Uh, I've also another, so I have a story from Colin. I know I've mentioned on this podcast before throwing a Rubik's cube at uh, Maddie Gilbert. The guy, the magician, the card magician with no hands. Yes. I have another, I have a potentially even closer call with a magician <laughs> at a, this was at a, a competition. Um. So I was, I was doing this little bit at the beginning of my set for the competition that involved knives. And it was like. I had a bunch of knives and I was like picking them up and moving them around. Like I, and I say, it's time to do something dangerous. Um, and I just kind of move the knives around. Like I'm about to like throw them or juggle them or something. And then I immediately throw the knives down and grab a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, that, that doesn't really matter. That's just to give you some context on why I had knives, which you, you know, I'm sure you'd like to know. So I, the way I transported these knives was with a cloth that was wrapped around, I think three knives of different sizes and shapes. And so I had this small cloth wrapped around these knives with some rubber bands around them. And I was nervous before the show and I was just at the front of the, the seats and I was just flipping this bundle of knives in my hand, just flipping it over and just catching it. Um, and one of the times when I'm flipping the knives, 
a knife literally comes out of the top of the bundle, which obviously isn't closed. It's just a small cloth wrapped around. So there's a hole at the top. A knife literally shoots out and I somehow am able to catch it. It sounds fake, but it's just crazy. It's just, it's so unbelievable. I catch this knife somehow not by the blade. I catch the knife in front in my in my left hand my opposite hand in front of a guy who is sitting in the audience <laughs> and uh, we both kind of laughed it off even though I really could have just stabbed him in the face on accident <laughs> um, doing who knows how much harm and it turned out and I didn't even know this until later on this was one of and I th- I think I realized it when I was going on stage. This guy was one of the judges for the competition. Um, Oof! But then you know after he he uh, he said I haven't laughed that hard in a in a long time, and I was like, you were such a cool person. I almost killed you. Um, almost threw a knife in your face. Steve Owens, he, I know he's, he's done a lot of stuff in Asia. Um, uh, last I knew he was doing some, he was doing some like shadow work. Some like, um, what is it called? Shadow puppet. Is that a thing? Is that the name of it? Shadow puppets. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing some crazy stuff with his hands and shadows. Yep. Um, but he's just a very talented, nice, down-to-earth guy um, who didn't press charges. So, so shout out Steve. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know. Do you have anything that's coming into into your mind as uh, as just one of the? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm right with you there with Garrett. Um, that was you know when we first got introduced to him and became friendly with him. Um, but there's, you know, specific tricks that I recall seeing him do, you know, throughout the week. And, I, you know, we've seen him there a couple of times at different conventions. But um, the the things that he was doing with that that die and the cards at that house party at the time was just blowing my mind. He also did a version of um three fly which three fly is a coin routine where three coins go from one hand to the other he did a version of that where his hands never touched his hands never need to come together which normally they need to um some of the stuff he would do with cards you know that's when i learned three card monty um which is a staple for my close-up performances i generally open with that because it's just such a strong effect He's got such a yeah. great mind for creating powerful close-up magic. Um, so yeah, a lot of memories with him. But yeah, oh well, you know, I'll keep it. I'll keep it with Garrett. Um, the one of the contests that I competed in the close-up contest uh, the first time, he was one of the judges, and I did a routine that was centered around placebos, and I did invisible palm, and had a patter that talked about placebos and then I went into through and through, which is where I take a needle and shove it through my hand, which is not actually a trick. I'm just shoving a needle through my hand and it's coming out the other side through my palm. 
but I like to frame it as a trick. Um, so I tell people it's a trick, and then I do it, and you're kind of thinking, how is this possible? But it's I'm actually just doing it, so you'll never actually figure it out right. unless you determine right. that I'm actually doing it. So it's this weird backwards kind of way of doing a trick um, where you say you're doing a trick and then you actually do something. Um, and I love that idea. I no longer do this trick because it is kind of stupid. And I've had, You've had some close calls with it. I've had some close calls. I bust some blood vessels. That uh, was not fun. I yeah. <laughs> hit some nerves. Yeah, it's I've I've caused some numbness and some fingers doing it. Um, so, yeah, I've since stopped doing it, even though I would still like to because I think it is beautiful. But it's uh, it's dumb and there's no reason to do that. Um, not it's not safe. And I remember Garrett telling me all of these things uh, afterwards when I got to talk to the judges. And I think Cody Fisher's wife is also like a hand specialist. So he was telling me about a bunch of stuff, too, just about the human hand. And, you know, Garrett, obviously working with David Blaine, has seen David do it with ice picks and bigger objects and told me some stories about David shoving it through his hand and his hand would like lock up and his fingers kept uncontrollably moving for like days, oh. days on end, trying to get me to stop. And uh, it took me about another 10 years before I stopped. Uh, but hey, <laughs> I no longer do it. So I should have listened to he him in the there. first place, but uh, I got there. I, I don't do it anymore. I think it's uh, it's stupid to do as cool as it might look. So yeah. So who's your, outside of Garrett, do you have a favorite performer that you've seen in performing colon? Um, he sticks out the most. There's, I mean, I'm sure if you named a few guys, I would remember like who they are when I, and seeing them, but I can't recall sure. of any. And you, to be honest, you've been to more of the magic like conventions than I have in Colon. Just given that I'm, you know, after high school, I've been out of the state a lot, or at least pretty far away from Colon. So I don't think I've attended as many of the magic gatherings as you might have. Um, honestly, I think I might, it may have gone, gone to one more, but I, oh, I really? have not, at least if we're talking about in colon, I, uh, I think it's, I may have gone to one more I than see. you, okay. but I, I, I still haven't even gone to the Abbott's convention. Yeah. The I have flagship I, convention. I know. I, I never have either. That's kind of crazy. Um, I think one of my, one of my favorite people that I saw perform, I, well, this wasn't even on stage, but Richard Osterland. Oh, duh. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Uh huh. He bent a he bent a penny in his hand in front of my eyes, and I haven't seen anything like like that ever. Or like other than that moment, never seen like anything like it since. Very like it sticks in my head. Yeah, he's at, he's something. fantastic. And uh, he was also very nice to me when I, so I did place in the convention that he was attending. So he got to see me, even though he didn't see me perform, I'm pretty sure when I, like they did the announcement for the winners in another show a different day, I think, than the performances were. Mm -hmm. But anyways, it was cool seeing Richard Osterlin in the front row as I was getting my award. And this was after like I talked to him throughout the days about, you know, being a mentalist and, you know, being really interested in stuff and just seeing him like, like, give me, you know, give me that look and clapping and, and just like, 
yeah, that really, that really kind of put me in a good, a good place. And, um, just crazy, crazy, uh, crazy talent and creations from him. But yeah, it's, it's crazy that Colin is so, um, underrated. It is. And I also, it makes sense that it is because it's not, not a, crazy town it's no place that you really want to visit if you're not into magic or a magician it has so much history and so much potential yes to become something it does yes i you know even one of the cool spots there's a little pizza joint that carl owns is it carl's pizza what's the name of this five star pizza Five Star Pizza. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Carl. Carl owns Five Star Pizza. He's big in the magic world. He's not a magician, but loves the uh, magic culture. And in his pizza shop, there's a secret room for magicians where you, you know, it's a classic secret bookshelf entrance um, inside the shop that opens up another room. Just a cool little, little. It's got park. a little stage, even. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, on the in the regular area, the regular dining area he's got signed pictures of a, all of the different magicians that have come through um over the years so there's a lot of history on the walls if we're talking like the magic shops they have a lot of history on the walls and the ceilings abbots has probably hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of old magic posters on the ceilings right oh like, yeah <laughs> like they um yeah Abbott's, it's, it's crazy Abbott's is it's like this black brick building on the outside that just says abbots across the top and you walk in and there's like a you know a desk area when you first walk in um and then you go through into the showroom and it's like these old wooden boards that just creak constantly when you're walking over them and there's generally no music or anything playing it's just dead quiet in there so it's just the floorboards creaking around and just all this old magic props and and posters and it's it's got a very unique feel to it and usually if you go there it's going to be greg who i think we mentioned earlier greg bordner he's is the current president um his family he's related to to the people who uh, i believe began it right right in some way um and he's kind of carried on the legacy even though he's not a magician right um but he he cares he cares about the history enough to uh to make sure it's still going props to him because i'm sure he could retire whenever he wanted to yeah um also he when when you peter and i were were there the most recent time we were all there at once right uh-huh. probably yeah um he he closed up shop and gave us a tour of the the cemetery because we had never been there right yeah showed us some famous magicians cemeteries uh or cemeteries famous magicians uh graves as well as his own parents which was <laughs> it was uh it was intense it yeah. was uh it was it was like wow like but he he definitely like he he's definitely the kind of person who wants to even if he's not a magician he he wants the history of the people who made the town what it was he wants to keep that alive 
um, which is really cool because he didn't have to go and out right. of his way to, to do that for us, you know? Right. Yeah. He's, um, he's a great guy. Um, and then he's got BJ working with him. who is a younger fellow yeah. does a little magic. Um, BJ's one of the first people I I think I met at Abbott's. I think he might yeah. be the first person that, I, that demoed a magic trick for me. Yeah, me too. Um, but it's crazy. Like full circle things eventually, like I eventually got into magic enough that I was, I was, uh, you know, like I was uh, doing shows that BJ hosted, you know? Right. And being in the same show as him. And it was, it was just, just an interesting feeling. Like I, you know, growing up knowing this person who is, you know, selling magic to me and eventually being able to share the stage. It's just really cool. Uh huh. It is really good. Great guy. Yeah. Hilarious guy. He's, he's got a, he's got a great personality. Yeah. You know, since we're talking a little bit, a little bit about Abbott's in particular, we'll I'll outline the other two shops, you know, I don't want to leave them in the dust. Um, so Sterlini's magic, you know, maybe we don't need to talk about John as much because he, you know, he's, uh, an interesting fellow. I think he's a funny guy, but I, He's uh, some questionable we'll just things say, going on there too. But we'll just say it's water under the bridge at this water point. Water under the bridge. Patrick did an internship there. Um, it, it didn't pan out the best, um, but I think John probably has the best looking shop of the three. Uh, when you walk in, it's it's kind of a darker showroom, um, a little more modern than the other two, and he's got a beautiful stage. Um, to the left of the showroom when you walk in there. I think I think in terms of aesthetics, his shop looks the best. His stage is really high quality. Yeah. He's got nice lights. Um, it's just a nice, I wouldn't even say it's like parlor, but it's just like a small, I wouldn't say theater because the seats are all on one level, but it's, it's close to something like that. Yes. Um, yeah, he's got a very... It's not, he's, he's trying to, he's definitely trying to fit the bill of like a mysterious magic shop, but also make it minimal. Um, you know, just make it right. Dark. Like you said, all the walls are black. Right. um, And, uh, and he's a pretty funny guy. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a great, uh, sense of humor. Yeah. He's, Um, uh, he's got the most charisma of, of any of the shop owners. He, he, he can make you laugh. That's true. Uh, although Rick does have, I mean, he's been doing a lot of stuff. Um, so he's probably getting, get, he's probably burned himself out to an extent, but that hasn't stopped him. He's, he, I think he has, he has a lot of passion. He ha- he has arguably as much passion as anybody else there. Um, from the conversations I've had with him and, uh, yeah, he's, he's really, he's really, uh, great. he, I think he has some type of ties back to he's got some type of family ties that go back in Colon as well, even though he's from Indiana. John, or are we talking about Rick? Uh, Rick. Okay. So Rick is the owner of Fab Magic. So the third shop. Right. I forgot we didn't even mention that. Yeah. So yeah, he's got the most magic shop, magic shop, I think. Um, right. Yeah. He goes to a lot of magic auctions and it always has a, a large quantity of books and and props and yeah like if you think of a magic shop his probably will fit the bill to your expectations the most right um yeah i would agree. yeah 
I would agree. I found he, some real gems in in his shop. Some some books that are pretty hard to find. I've I found at Rick's shop. Yeah, he started doing the the magic pickers thing, um, where he would just do he would just pick up magic from all across the states, and um, yeah, a lot of uh, you know a lot of magicians collect an insane amount of stuff. Sometimes more, way more than they ever need. Sometimes it's a hobbyist who just collects a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who are into magic tend to be into into magic pretty hard. So when they die, you have these big collections that, uh, you know, that need a home. And I think most of the people who are in charge of the magician's estates probably aren't magicians themselves. Um, so they, so Rick goes to them or they go to Rick and, and he gets the magic off their hands Mm -hmm. and then he just goes through it like most of the time he doesn't even know everything that he, he gets until after he's like, he, he probably has a small idea and it's like, uh, I feel like it, it's like, a it's like Christmas almost in the way that you, you just, you just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, you, uh, you could find these gems. It must be crazy for him to just go through so much stuff and see so much history as well. Like he, um, Speaking of history, I think Sterlini, I think he has assigned something of Houdini's assigned. I think he's the one. I don't think it's, or it might be Rick. One of them has a signed thing of Houdini's. Um, John Sterlini has some props in his showroom as well. Some like classic magic props. Um, yeah, you know, it's an interesting dynamic. They can, if they want to, they can make a reality show about that place. They but, definitely could. Yeah. And Rick's Rick's shop and John's shop are right next door. Sterlini's magic and fab magic, uh, literally yeah. right next to each other. Uh, and then Abbott's is like a block and a half away. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, around the bend. It's a fun place. I love visiting there. Um, I would be. I would be leaving some things out if I didn't talk about one more thing that I always talk about when telling colon stories. And oh, I think I see where this is going. I think you see where this is going. Um, and that's about a building yeah, that is yeah. in the center of the town that is an abandoned textiles mill. And just a disclaimer to uh, not incriminate ourselves, even though it's been so long and who would give a shit anyways. Uh, we did not do anything. We did not break into this textiles mill. Uh, we are innocent. <laughs> and that is my statement. And this is said from the perspective of, of a, of a hypothetical, of a, of a fictional character um, going through an yes. abandoned building. Yes. This next um, segment is off the record and is not, it's, it's, uh, it's made up. Oh, it's on the record. <laughs> it's real. Um, yeah. So there's this abandoned textiles mill, and it, as I think, as a as a kid, even now, I love exploring, you know, like ghost towns and abandoned places. It's just it's just fun to uh, be in a place where there is normally people every time you are there, and it's just it's weird to uh, to see no one. Um, in these spots Little, i i don't know it's just it's it's fascinating one of my favorite youtube channels is uh the proper people and their whole thing is exploring abandoned 
amusement parks and warehouses and all this crazy stuff all around the globe, not even just in the U.S. Um, so I've always had a little fascination with that. And so, you know, there's this old textiles mill that looks abandoned. And so naturally, you know, I, you, me and Peter were definitely like 100% in on wanting to go into this place. And I don't know how you were at first, but I know that your stance on it lessened over time in terms of go- continuing to go into this place because we we went in there multiple times. You guys went more than me. Yes. And the times that I the time that I went and kind of full full dove it and just kind of experienced it, very sketchy, very interesting, very sketchy, highly illegal. You know, right. Lucas is talking about the joys of a little breaking and entering type of action. Yeah, but, you know, it's just, it just doesn't have that same bite as a regular breaking and entering, you know, like there's no one in there. We're not stealing shit, at least, you know, not not the first time, uh, not anything of substantial value. You know, I'm taking an old golf club and a, a, a bunch of buttons. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not it's not the same as breaking in, into someone's home and stealing, you know, a bunch of cash. But. But, um, yeah, it's this, it, it was like three or four stories. Um, wasn't it like a paper mill or something? Something. I, I think it was like just, I a think it was textiles a textiles mill. Cause there was a bunch of like woodworking shit in there and uh-huh. yeah, I don't, I don't even know. There's a bunch of weird shit in there, but, um, yeah, it was, it was fascinating to kind of walk around there and we filmed a little bit of magic in there, which I still have some of that footage buried away somewhere. It'd be fun to. Oh, from like that, that top room, right? Like that, yeah. There's like a little penthouse room, not even a penthouse. Yeah, like, glass yeah. with the glass, right? Yeah, there was and, there was uh, a lot of interesting areas in there, and it was, I don't know, I, I enjoyed exploring that. You also, I didn't do this, but I think you did. There was a water tower thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to speak yeah, on so that. So it's uh, there was like a courtyard kind of in the center of this textiles mill. And there's a water tower in it. Um, and this might, oh, who was that guy? There was some Phil? other magician that was with Eli. us. Eli. Yeah, that guy. That guy was weird. Um, Eli was with us. It was me, Eli, and Peter. And fuck, Noah might have even been there. I don't think you were there when we were climbing the water tower. But um, I was there, but I wasn't there. Yeah, you were I'm in colon. Sure. You were in colon, but, uh, but avoiding that. Right. And side note, Eli, Eli is actually, uh, he's been on the TV show wife swap. Um, <laughs> did, if you ever watched, did I know this, I don't think I knew this. I'm sure you've I don't told know. me. Um, but there's this episode of wife swap where a magician swaps families with, I don't know what the other family was, but the son, uh, so it's a magician who's, he's also pretty well known in the magic community too. Um, but he, his son is who Lucas is talking about. And he actually was, uh, he was on wife swap. So if you like wife swap, go watch that. It's the episode with the Portala family, P O R T A L A. Um, I don't know what the other family was, but you could probably find it through that or just magician wife swap. will find it too, but let me just drop his last name. You are blowing my mind right now. Dude, so I – okay, so the reason that I found that out was because I was like, why do these people look insanely familiar to me? Like I recognized really? his mom. Like I was like, I don't know – like I recognized his mom first. Yeah. Because he, when – because he was a lot younger 
So he was less, he looked less the same, but he still looked familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, eventually I, I figured out that he was in wife swap and then eventually I was somehow I ended up alone with him as well at one point. Okay. Just walking around, walking some roads of the residential areas in colon looking at the the nicest house that was in colon like there's just this random million dollar house that's that's just in the residential area uh-huh no other house is even close to it in terms of its size and that's just like this gated house amidst regular homes um but we were just kind of oogling that we were just looking at it um uh probably talking about doing some dumb things Eventually, he ends up getting, he ends up in a conversation with some people who are outside throwing a ball, and then him and I just started throwing this ball around with some random people in Colin for like, for like 10, 15 minutes. That's funny. And then we just go on our way. But yeah, anything else you wanted to mention about the water tower? Pretty much you just climbed it. Well, we climbed it, but this is, um, I mean, I don't know how tall it is. I can't gauge you know, several hundred feet. Tall enough. Yeah, several yeah, hundred feet. You could die could, on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I would also like to point out that I was wearing on this day a pair of green pants with a bunch of flowers on them. So not only am I climbing this water tower in the middle of the day in this abandoned You're noticeably factory, doing but it. I am just in the loudest pants possible. So anyone who yeah. looked up. So I think Peter was ahead of me and maybe Eli. I think Eli might have gone all the way up. But, you know, we climbed couple hundred feet and like the last 10 rings of the ladder you know it's going up at like almost a 90 degree angle like maybe just less um and then you you get to the top portion and then the ladder kind of flips and now you're like going it's like really now it's like more than 90 degrees so all of a sudden you're kind of hanging backwards climbing this ladder and so i get to that part and i was like this is I am not continuing. Like I am not going up this part. Like I think I could. Cl- like it's. Yeah, like you could have fallen. I think the risk of falling is is reasonable. Um, okay. But yeah, so yeah. like you know, it's not just straight up and down, but it's like more. You know, it's it's slanted backwards. All of a sudden, the like like the last ten rings, and and I think I could have gotten up there and onto the water tower fine, but I think getting back on that ladder would have been terrifying. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm going back down, but Peter and, and, and I think it was, Eli oh, so you Noah. didn't end up, no, I didn't go so all you the climbed... way. Up. I climbed most of the oh. way up and then I just climbed back down. Cause I was like, fuck that. I'm not going on this part. Oh, of the ladder. I don't even think I knew. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you didn't even end up. <laughs> Oh, that sounds no. sketchy though. Hell I no. would definitely, I I'm glad I never did that. Like, I know you guys were going to do it and I yeah. just chose not to do it yeah. because I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea. It was. Um, I would have went all the way up the ladder was normal, but yeah, I did that. It had that weird bend at the last part. And I was like, nah, not, not a chance, not a chance of doing this, but Peter did. And he was, he, he survived. So that's good. Was it like you, was it like there was a platform at the top of the water? Yeah, tower? there was a little wood platform oh. that you could stand on, which is also So the curve, sketch, but. so the, the ladder curved around the water tower, like the, the, the globe of it no it didn't curve around it went straight up but like it would go straight up like almost 90 degrees and then it would bend like kind of backwards at the very top yeah it was bad bad ideas but the but exploring the the old factory was really a fun time and i enjoy doing that 
we had uh so i didn't have any runs with the police there that were negative but uh there was a police confrontation i don't know if you were involved i was involved in that it was me peter and probably noah was it phil it was phil Phil it was phil i've met i've met phil at night while walking with sterlini and phil's a good dude his wife He's the shortest police officer I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> nice uh, guy. Like, he seems like he's got a great attitude. Nice guy, but he's just so fucking short. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I wish you were, like, uh, you know, maybe a little taller, a little meaner. No, he's maybe. No, definitely not. He's super cool. Uh, yeah, P- Peter, Noah, and I were going to that factory, and some old lady called the police on us because we couldn't get inside. Um, so we were walking away, and then we got pulled over by Phil. And he took our licenses and we're like, you know, we were kind of far away from Colin. It's like, what are you guys doing here? And we said, we're here for, you know, a magic convention. And so he's like, oh, you guys do magic? And so we showed him some magic and then had a good time. That's the key, folks. You just got to be a magician and be in a magic and town. do magic. And then do illegal stuff without any consequences because right. you're a magician. That's right. You're the lifeblood of that town. If you ever get pulled over. What you do is you have you always have two decks of cards in your car. So you, you get pulled over, you take one of them what? and spring it and just throw it all over the interior of the car. So there's just cards everywhere on the dash, on the floor, on the seats. So then the officer comes up and like, what the hell, what are all these cards for? And then it's like, oh, I'm a magician. Boom. Have you done this? In. Uh, no, I've never done it to that extent. But I do keep that multiple crazy. cards in there. I don't get pulled over a lot. So. Yeah. Um, there's a, so there's a dynamic of of the town where there's a large portion of the people who live there year round who hate magic. (laughs) There's like a, there's like a set group of people. I don't know if you'd call them counties or something mean like that. Um, but they, Goddamn uh, bitches. There's this group of people. They just resent magic and they absolutely hate it because the town is known for it and they, they just get annoyed by it. But then there's also people who love it. It's like there's no in between, though, would you say? Uh, yeah, probably. I, I don't see how you could just hate it. I don't know. But you've definitely encountered people like who just like at the bars and stuff. You can tell who just doesn't care. That's true. I guess they've seen so much just shitty magic that they don't care. Because that's the other thing. Well, like, you it, still see a lot of shit magic, even though it is the magic capital of the world. It that's probably true. Doesn't mean it's immune to bad magic. <laughs> There's still plenty of because they probably there. aren't. They probably aren't seeking it out. So the people that they just see do it casually probably aren't the best at it. No, unless it's during a magic convention, then they might see some real stuff. I mean, even in the conventions, you and I have both seen some pretty bad stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and bad I, magic I can, is. I can think of a show in particular that we walked out of because <laughs> it was so bad, and I never. Oh, did I, we walk I, I out of a do, show? I never do that. Yeah, there was there was one that we walked out of. I will. Can you give me? Do you know who it was? Yep, I'll tell you after. I'm not gonna say anything because we know okay. we know the person, but. Yep. Wow. Yeah, everybody. Colon is a crazy place. Um, go check out the great big story. I don't know if it's the great big story or it's probably just great big story on YouTube and just search, uh, search great big story, colon, Michigan, or just search colon, Michigan. And it'll probably, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. Abbott's has got a YouTube. That's got a lot of 
shit on it. Um, you know, there's videos from conventions on YouTube. It's fun to check out. And if you're in Michigan and aren't too far from Colin, you should definitely um, look at when some conventions are. Maybe consider checking it out. It's really fun. You know, I think at one point I or I might still be on Rick's website in a demo video for a trick that he came up with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I uh, can't wait to get back there. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, we'll have to just get the trio back together and maybe even maybe even be like Noah. Come. Yeah. <laughs> come up. Get the quattros. Yeah. Yeah, it's always a fun. It's a fun drive. From where Patrick and I live, it's all through like winding back roads, like there's no major highways. So it's a fun hour long car ride. It's always a good time. Yeah, it's it's just an hour long. Um I used to make the commute when I was working with Sterlini. It was it wasn't bad. It's really it, and it's the it's the quickest hour long commute ever, in my opinion. It doesn't feel like an it hour. It feels that's like for sure. twenty minutes. Like it's crazy. But it pro- I think part of it comes with the anticipation of going there. Absolutely. Too, absolutely. Yes. Um, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's like the, yeah, it's like the perfect length drive and like the perfect scenic drive to go to Colon. Like it's got enough in anticipation build up within that hour. And it's kind of a weird route that I never drive, never drive on those roads unless I'm going to Colon. Right. So it's just, I love, I love everything about going there. It's a solid day trip. I mean, even as a non-magician, there's some cool things. There's the graveyard, which is pretty cool. Um, there's the... They got a nice uh, lake there. Uh, you know, you could go into the old textiles mill, break in. Uh, just don't get caught. Uh, uh, the pizza's good. Um, yeah, five-star pizza. You got Curly's Bar play some pool at the bar really i mean it's like half a day trip yeah um, there's really not a lot to do other than unless the there's shows going on right if, it, if there's like a festival or a convention going on you right. could easily make it a, a day but yes um yeah most people who go through colon are just uh passing through that's a that's a pun that a lot of people say um that is fun poop joke yeah uh a lot of colon jokes when you're in colon. Yeah. So colon, Michigan, check it out. Check out Abbott's. Go check out Fab. Go check out Sterlini's. That's uh, that's all I got for colon. Yeah. It's just fun reminiscing about the times. You can almost like smell the air and just kind of feel like you're you're there when you're thinking about it. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's really crazy that three magicians grew up next to colon. Uh, you're right. Just next to Colin right. and we're all like in it still. And it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You and I need to go to the Abbott's get together this year. Let's make that happen. It's in August. Okay. I'll come back. All right. We'll make it happen. We're going to do it. I'm going to come back. I'm going to tell work that I'm going to the magic convention. Sounds good. Fun. I actually got an invite to the magic castle you got an invite to the magic castle congratulations yeah one of uh one of our members in the palm springs magic club is actually a member and he's performing there um like march 28th through april 3rd i think so he said if anyone wants to come that week 
let them know. So I'm waiting to see what my day off is, but I think I'm going to go to the Magic Castle, which I've been there before, but I've never been inside. So you've just, you've just I, been on the outside. I've been on the outside. I've been in LA many times, but yeah, this will be the first time that I have stepped foot inside the Magic Castle. Wow. I'm, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I wish it was like a week later. I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, God damn it. I would be there. Couldn't you be no, here? I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that you have an opportunity to go though, because I know it's not easy to get in. Yeah. It'll be cool. But like, as you meet more people, there's probably, I mean, to be honest, you probably could hit some lines up and, but like to have it be offered to you is something that right. never happens. Yeah. And who knows, maybe I can squeeze us in there again through, through Carl, you know, when, when you're back out here, maybe that's something we can, you know, we got to, we got to start planning out who we're going to see in Vegas too. I should probably book, oh, all, yeah. book all the tickets. Maybe we can do that uh, today, but yeah. Um, so that's Colin. Patrick, are you ready? Are you ready for a pop quiz? Yeah, I'm ready for the pop quiz. Give it to me. I got 10 questions for you. These are... Um, Is it about pop? The They're about random stuff. These are... Uh, they're not multiple choice. You just have to give me the answer. 10 questions. These are worth one point a piece. And you have the chance to win... To win the wonderful prize of 10 points, if you get all 10 correct. So, oh wow, what a great prize! Uh, great prize here. This is uh, I'm using a random trivia generator. Uh, this first question is science based. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is the breakdown of a material by separation of the layers of which it is composed called? Oh, is it sedimentation? It is not, it is delamination. Okay. The lamination. Um, well, I had the Asian in there. You did. You got it half right. I will give you zero points. Um, geography. <laughs> Shout out to the Chicago bonus. <laughs> Shout out Chicago bonus. Back to our trivia days. What four C's are named for colors? Can you name the four C's named after a color? C's as in bodies of, bodies water. of water. Yes. Caspian. Caspian Sea? There's four. Oh, wait. Did you say named after? Wait, say what, the question what, again. What four seas, what four bodies of water are named <laughs> after colors? I was just, there's so many, like, color starts with a C, and then C's sound like the letter C, so I was like, <laughs> Caspian Sea. Um, Black no. Sea, Red Sea, that's two. Yep, that's two of them. Um, Black Sea, Red Sea wow two more there's two more c's named after a color are they regular colors yes so red sea black sea blue sea that'd be so dumb if there was is that your answer well i'm starting to think that it's not correct if you didn't you would have confirmed it by now if it was correct well, i can't i can't keep just denying otherwise you'll get them Give me, give me two C's. There's two. Okay, blue and what else? Let me just start naming colors. Orange, purple, <laughs> green. Uh, orange, purple, green, red, ye- yellow C. That sounds disgusting. We'll go with yellow. 
I feel like green could be in there. I'll just go, you know what? I'll replace blue with yellow and then I'll go green as the other one. Okay. So, um, red, black, and yellow are all C's. Green is, what's the fourth Green one? is not white. The white C. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have gotten that. Um, I'll give you a half point there. I got three out of four. Give me three quarter. I'll point. give you a half. Um, we can't do three quarters. It's, I guess too, too confusing. Um, okay. What country celebrates its national day on May 17th? Uh, Venezuela. The correct answer is Norway. Okay, that was close. History. What is Joseph Stalin's nationality? Is he Turkish? He is Georgian. I was see. I was like right in that. You were in right that there. Pocket. I'll give you a half point. I was point. right there. Give you a half I point. was going to say Russian, but no. Give you a half point. You're up to a point. Um, that was four. Full point. Four questions. Here we are at the halfway point. Let's go. Um, is, is the halfway point a half point or is that a full point? halfway point's a full point? But this is the technically it's not halfway. That. It's it's below below the halfway mark still. But what was the oh. name of the Today Shows? chimpanzee mascot um <laughs> this I, I didn't know this one. This i didn't even weird. know they had one this one is weird is it uh um, you're never gonna guess this i'm gonna find is it pickles uh no it is j fred mugs you know i was gonna say freddy yeah. but i was like it's not a real name i would have given you a half point for that oh shit uh, i should have went with freddy because it, it just kept <laughs> But then you were like, you're not going to get this. So I was like, Freddy's not it then. Because Freddy, because, okay, fine. Keep going. <laughs> okay, uh, question six. The Italian plague of 1629 through 1631 is also referred to as by what other name? Is this, does this sound Italian? Um, no. There's an Italian okay. word at the end. Uh... Like a Italian word meaning, I don't know what the word means. Okay, that's what I was going for. What's the question again? Um, I'll see if I can get most of it right. The Italian plague of sixteen twenty nine through thirty one is also referred to as by what other name? I I don't want to seem it's like the uh, the, uh, the name at the end. It's the Great Plague of, and then it's the name. Of a city in Italy. Is it Sicily? It is the Great Plague of Milan. Oh, okay. Yes. Now, if now Milan is a fashion headquarters um, yes. of the world, I think. All right. Well, okay. Just keep. Okay, question. I just want to get seven. this over with. How many pounds did Johnny Depp have to lose for the role of Edward? Seventy. Edward Scissorhands. 73. He lost 73 pounds? <laughs> sure. Jesus. 25. Is it like 50? 25. Oh, that's, that's lame. <laughs> that's a lot that's of weight. not significant enough to, yes, it is. to mention. Uh, for a role, like, I lost 25 pounds for a role, like, okay. That's a lot. How many do you think? I mean, it's significant, right, here's, but it's like, here's, not like here's, I make a trivia about it. Here's a massive one. Here, this I know this one. How many pounds did Joaquin... 
lose for Joker. This was a ton of weight. 60. It was like 48 or 50 pounds, somewhere there. You don't even have a, a real answer on that. No, but it's not 60. Uh, well, it's close. Um, okay, what is the FBI motto? To protect and serve. No, it's fidelity, bravery, and integrity. Okay. FBI. <laughs> Uh, question nine. Uh, let's see. Let's get a good one here. What name is given to the annual festival of music and poetry held in Wales? Glastonbury? Eisteddfod. Last question. Say, say that again? Eisteddfod. Eistedfod? Eistedfod. You gotta be butchering it. Probably. Um, Last question. Would you like it to be entertainment, science, or history? Can I pick entertainment science? No. Like the science of entertainment? Nope. What about uh, entertainment history? I'm going to give you the history one because I like this question. Who, oh, no. Who was the first left-hander to, to serve two terms as U.S. president? I was going to say Freddie Mercury, but that <laughs> wouldn't make sense. He has not served. Um, left-hander. Lyndon B. Johnson. Um, it is Bill Clinton. No. First left-hander to serve two terms. Bill Clinton. Well, well done. That was, uh, I know you weren't expecting that. I did not talk to you about this beforehand, but I thought it'd be fun to do a little pop quiz today. Well, I've got a pop quiz for you. Okay. It's just one question. Okay. How many cows are inside the average pasture? The average pasture? Probably. I'm saying the average size pasture, how many cows tend to be, um, how, how, yeah. 500. 500. That's a good guess. The real answer is I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I was just throwing that at you just because you threw something at me. So I just wanted to seem like I was giving you the element of surprise, but then I, I didn't really follow through with it. And frankly, my internet isn't working good enough right now for me to bring up, uh, the same generator that you have so I can use it <laughs> against you. So maybe, maybe in a future week, I'll, I'll pull the same shit. The old pop quiz. Yeah. Any news? Has there been any news? Or, I don't know. Should, uh, we, do, should we do a little news? You got any news? We'll do small news seg- okay, segment. News segment. Um, Cue the news. Good morning and welcome to the Watermelon News Newsroom. Featuring your main correspondent, Lucas Baudois. Accompanied by our environmental scientist and weatherman, Patrick Riley. You will also be hearing from our on-field reporter and transportation expert, Jimbo Speed. As well as our live animal expert, the Club Wizard. Stay tuned for some special previews 
to our new movies after the new show. This is the best news that you will find anywhere where you can find news. We are the best people. We bring you the best news. There's no other reason to listen to any other news program because we're going to bring you top quality news at a top quality price. Please sit back, buckle up, grab a drink, do what you need to do, and let our news wash over you. Let our news bring you to your knees. Let the news that we have for you fill up your brain and melt your eyeballs, because this news is about to blow your mind. All right. Well, uh, I'm I'm here today. My name is Chester. Uh, I was going to say Chester Bennington, but he is a uh, Lincoln Park singer who uh, <laughs> committed suicide. Um, <laughs> and I'm a newscaster that's about to commit suicide. Very different. <laughs> I uh, hello. I am Frederick Wilson, and this is the news. I am here with my co-host today, Bethany. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. This is Bethany Sparks on the phone, on the news, bringing you the best news that news has to offer. We are the best people. We have the best news. We are the best. Did you hear about the tractor that caught on fire? No. Tell me. In Southfield. Tell me about it. It was a very farmful event. That's Frederick for you, bringing in puns to the news. Hey, 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 laugh at the news. Yeah, so a lot of people have been dying recently, a lot of things going on. I don't really, you know, I don't really talk about that kind of stuff. I'm here to talk about what kind of dumb stuff dogs are doing these days, all right? What kind of funny dumb stuff dogs are doing. That's the main news that I'm covering here today because it is a Monday. Um... And, uh, you know, who cares? Yeah, we don't, we don't vibe. We don't vibe with the death. We, uh, we vibe with the dogs doing funny things. Yeah. So what's the, what's the funniest thing uh, the dogs have done recently? Well, Bethany, uh, I'll tell you, I know a dog by uh, Minnie Schnauzer by the name of Maggie and she got a haircut recently and looks ugly as hell. And it is funny. It is real funny. Like real short, like real ugly. But, you know, at the same time, she's still funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, it goes to show. You can be ugly, but as long as you're funny, it's It's all that matters. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Speaking of uh, ugly dogs, have you seen the chihuahuas? I have. They are hideous. They are so. But I don't think they're that funny. So they're kind of just, you know, they could die. See. You know, normally I would fall on the anti-animal cruelty stuff, but... I would too, normally. <laughs> Chihuahuas? I mean, they they tend to be a little... Uh, They've got a special spot in hell waiting for them. They tend to be a little, uh, a little shit. A little fucking shithead, bitch. They're ugly. They have a nasty, like they they get really territorial. Um, they tend to like just like they tend to be very close with their with their 
owner and then not be they they tend to be very territorial so unless you like it takes time at least in my experience to to have them not treat you like an enemy and then they're the bark like i haven't you know i would sign a petition to take voice voice boxes out of um every chihuahua at least they could survive you know if you are a chihuahua there's a special spot in hell waiting for you. We are starting a petition to remove your voice box. Please present yourself to the authorities when they come knocking. If you are a chihuahua, they will be removing your voice box and we will be killing you. Thank you. Wow. Well, uh, you know. Special announcement. That was our special announcement from um, our chihuahua Um Head of operations. I am here to tell you that Chihuahuas are going to be eliminated one by one. Just say the word and the Chihuahuas will be done. And Chihuahuas can die everywhere at once. We could do a, we could do like a, I don't know, small, small nuclear option. Um, just small enough to get the chihuahuas, um, but not the other dogs somehow. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to end this. We're going to end this with something special. We're going to end this with a song. Shout out to the chihuahuas. We really like chihuahuas. Chihuahuas are so much fun. Just kidding. We're going to fucking kill all of the chihuahuas and then we're going to, we're going to use their bodies. And we're going to turn them into chairs so we can sit on them even when they're dead. We can, we can really, we can really just sit right on them and we can like fart on them because a lot of people fart when they're in the chairs. So that's a pretty cool thing you can do as well. Maybe, maybe you could also do something fun and, uh, you know, make a rope out of them. Maybe you could do like a chihuahua centipede, like a human centipede, but it's with chihuahuas. Um, maybe, maybe you could just, uh, I don't know, somehow, maybe if you could possibly, I guess one of the best things to do that would not harm them as much would just be to kill their bloodline by neutering every single chihuahua on the planet. Thank you. That was the Flaming Melon Pod.